You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hello, everybody. This is Father Craig Vosick, your host for Real Presence Live. We're in our second hour here at the University of Mary. We're so glad to be able to bring faith-filled, positive programming, detailing what's going on in the Lord's Church and in His Vineyard uh, every day, every day of the week. Brothers and sisters, in this second hour, we're going to start here with uh, some friends of the University of Mary, Dr. Chris Collins and John Berger. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being with us on location. This is great. Thank Thank you, Father. Uh, Dr. Collins, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then let's get to you as well, John. Sure. uh, I'm originally from South Carolina. Uh, My wife is as well, and we've been here at the University of Mary for eight years now. I taught over at the Rome campus for a while, and I'm blessed to be here and specialize in moral theology, but get to teach uh, a wide variety of things. Uh, We have six kids who love being here in North Dakota, and uh, yeah, this is a great place to be. Fantastic. John, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. My name is John Berger. I live here in Bismarck uh, my whole life. Married. Uh, My wife's name is Robin. We have three children. One, our middle child, Elena, will graduate from the University of Mary here this weekend. So we're really proud of her for that. And we're excited. Uh, We're parishioners at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit here in Bismarck. All righty. So we want a little... Little, learn a little bit about the troop of St. George, St. George and the Knights. Uh, some people might not know a whole lot about that. Um, who wants to share with us something well, about the troop of St. George? So I'll talk about the troops. Right. Um, yeah, so I've been involved with the troops here in Bismarck Mandan, troops of St. George, for the past, oh, five years now. Uh, it's been a great place for me to spend time with my sons. We usually go out about once a month. We try to have an event where we go out and do some camping and hiking around and spend some time with boys. And it's really a great place for dads to spend time with their sons, to help them grow in faith, to help them grow in virtue. This is really what the, the focus of the, the troops is. Um, you know, just to, we live such busy, hectic lives to take some time out away from things and be around other, other dads who are serious about being dads and other, other boys who are trying to uh, do their best to be great kids, and it's a great environment for us. Where did the uh, troops come from, the Troop of St. George? Because, I mean, everybody's mm. heard about the Boy Scouts, I suppose. Yeah. but this... so, so, yeah, so the Troops of St. George, I guess, were founded, I don't know, maybe eight or ten years ago now. I so think it's th- fairly new. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they came out of Texas, um, although I, I'm not super certain, certain about the history of yeah. it. Um, but uh, our local troop was started, I guess, six years ago now. Great. And, you know, we have a, a it's similar to the Boy Scouts and that you have a set of activities that you're trying to get through and different milestones that you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis really is uh, less on service and more about growing in faith. Right. So it, it helps to maybe bridge some of the gaps between um, maybe like what Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is doing or other things there that it's supposed to be a sort of family growth. Um, but it is really about uh, dads leading their boys, mm-hmm. right? That's the real focus here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great environment for my, my kids. They love going out on these events and hiking around and exploring and, you know, uh, what, what boys are going to love doing. Right. So Exactly. John, you're part of this as well, going around with the troop? Well, I'm actually not a part okay. of the Troops of St. George, <laughs> but uh, Dr. Collins and I, our, our paths kind of crossed because uh, he had an inspiration to do a procession, mm-hmm. a St. Joseph procession. And um, 
had heard that at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit, we had a uh, through the Knights of Columbus, we were purchasing a new image for this year of St. Joseph of St. Joseph. And that image is going to be installed at the cathedral on May 1st, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Beautiful. And so Dr. Collins can share, he yeah. somehow had this inspiration <laughs> to do a procession. So we're really super excited about this upcoming procession. All right. So what, what's this all about? <laughs> so I'll go back a couple of years. Um, Great. We, we lived over in Rome, my wife and I did. And, and one of our highlights of being over there, we were with the University of Mary at the yeah. time. And... Um, we would take students every semester and do the seven church pilgrimage, right? That St. Philip Neri started where you'd go to all the major basilicas. And it was a great trip around the city. You take one day and you hike to all these seven churches. It's like 20 miles to walk. It's a good, it's a good event. It's a full day. <laughs> it's very full. Uh, and so, you know, we were thinking about something to do here. This, I think with COVID and everybody was sort of being cooped up and being the year of St. Joseph, my wife and I were sitting around the house one day and we were thinking about things to do for us. And I looked through the diocese and saw that there were eight or nine churches dedicated to St. Joseph. And I was like, well, maybe we could do something like that here. And that isn't what worked out. But, uh, you know, I sort of had this, uh, this idea that, that God's working somehow, right? Maybe for my family, maybe something bigger. And then uh, I went on an outing with the troops of St. George, and we had about 35 men and their, their boys come to it, which is a big turnout. Uh, this was in the middle of March. And then went over to a different event. I went with some uh, to do the, the Stations of the Cross on the Feast of St. Joseph, right? Because it was a Friday during Lent. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I went uh, to do Stations at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit. Then afterwards, I went with some dads, and we went back to one house. And we were meeting with dads about how to form sons in another way at their school. And when I got out of that meeting, I ran into one of the, the priests at the cathedral who was coming from a different dad's group that was meeting. And I said, oh, this is just, uh, there's something going on here. Yeah. Right? We just have too many, there's a lot of groups who are realizing there's something about fatherhood that's needed right now, I think. There's something, um, we need great examples like St. Joseph. And we need to, um, there needs to be something to sort of bring us all together. And I went home that night, and I actually I watched on YouTube. I sort of clicked on something, and there was a, a procession for St. Joseph that was being done. I think it was in Poland. And I said, well, why can't we do something like that? Like, why not? And uh, so I began to think of how to do this, and it was originally just going to be a couple of guys. And then I, um, I was standing outside talking to some, uh, playing with my kids in the yard, and a neighbor or close neighbor walked by. And uh, Daniel Barr, who's uh, a member at the, uh, at the cathedral as well as a Mary professor, and uh, he started asking me questions about what I had in mind. And I said, I don't know. Let's do some sort of procession. And he goes, well, what are you going to process with? And I said, I have no idea yet. <laughs> and he goes, well, it just so happened that the Knights have just purchased a large picture of St. Joseph to put up in the cathedral. So maybe you should talk to them about that. So... Well, that's when I got in touch with John here. Yeah, one thing led to another on that. It, it's funny because we were at Jerome Richter's, who was your guest, obviously, earlier today, yep. right across the street from Dr. Fleischacker's house where they were meeting, and we were meeting for Into the Breach. So in 2015, um, Archbishop Olmsted issued this mm -hmm. exhortation, Into the Breach, which would I encourage all men out there absolutely to read. Um, it's just uh, a, real, a real call for men to take up their responsibility as fathers and as men and 
So that's what we were doing is we were actually meeting for End of the Breach, which is a 12-week series that we're running through our Knights of Columbus. I think we have 65 men involved in it right now, 65 or 70 men. That's fantastic. um, That are doing that. And so when Chris called and said, hey, could we somehow take this image that the Knights did and do this procession, I was so excited. I'm so excited for this. It's going to be fantastic. And especially with if we get a lot of these, I can just envision these young boys, but it's open to every, a lot of people ask, is this just for men? I said, absolutely not. This is for families. My mom is 80. Sorry, mom. I think you're 85. Uh, <laughs> 85. And uh, she's coming. And if she can do it, everybody can do it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So let's, gentlemen, uh, stay on this topic of fatherhood. Uh, I think we could maybe do a four-hour uh, special on it. It's an incredibly important topic. Um, just what's coming to your mind, gentlemen, about uh, this year of St. Joseph uh, and what the Lord is lifting up with regard to fatherhood, uh, to be a man of faith, uh, maybe something, John, coming out of uh, Bishop Olmsted's uh, pastoral letter. Uh, just let's, let's stay on that topic for a little bit. Yeah, I guess as I, as I think about fatherhood right now, the one thing that's really been on my heart has been humility. I know Mike joined us last night. We have a dads in prayer group, and, and in the, there's a line in one of our prayers where we say that Mary's glory came from her humility. Her humility led to her glory. And I think the same can be said for St. Joseph. And um, there's just so much I think we can learn from St. Joseph about a man who... Um, you know, Joseph most just, that that accepted his role. It was certainly with many, many challenges and many, many difficulties. But he accepted that role. He trusted in the Father. And he did what he needed to do without, as far as we know, too many words. And I think as men, we, there's so many things we can open our mouths and speak about right now. We're so, in a lot of ways, I think men are frustrated about a lot of things. But when we orient that, rightly in the Lord, I think it results in modeling St. Joseph and humility and, do, and do, do, do the right thing, do it quietly, do it with great faith mm-hmm. and trust in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Collins, anything just that's coming to your mind yeah. on this? Yeah. I, I think this idea that uh, that John touched on, that, that we need to have this idea of who Joseph is and what does that mean for us. I think first and foremost it means an orientation to our wives and an orientation to our kids to to watch over them and protect them. A lot of dads this past year have had you know their mass attendants thrown out the you know up in the air about what this looked like. And mm-hmm. I think that's led to a real decisions that dads didn't have to take as much ownership of before. It was well we just go to church because that's what we do. And now I think there's been some, you know, tumultuous activity that's uh, sort of rocked the boat a bit. And I think um, dads need to figure out, so what does it mean to lead my family in prayer? What does that really look like now? Was it enough to gather around the television and watch Mass, you know, or or do we need to uh, not merely just go back, but go back with an intentional focus? Do we need to go back and, and really be engaged? And what does that look like? What does my parish participation look like? How am I responsible here? Um, I think it, taking uh, taking a stand, stepping up, doesn't mean you know uh, all sorts of, of craziness, but it means standing up for your family and watching out for them, and saying, "How do I be a leader here? How do I help my kids to pray each day? Am I praying for my kids each day? Um, if we're not doing that, then we're falling down on our job as dads." Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I, I think that's, that's one major thing that we need to work on. Absolutely. Gentlemen, we'll stay on this topic. We want to talk about St. Joseph. We want to talk about the procession a little bit more. We want to talk about what the Lord is up to in his holy church. Uh, so everybody stay with us. This is Real Presence Live. We'll take a short break and be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. All righty, everybody. Here we are. This is Father Vasek continuing as your host. Real Presence Live on a beautiful Thursday morning. We're coming to you every day, Monday through Friday, with local, dynamic, engaging programming, seeing what's going on in our listening area across North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. Where else we got? We got Montana, we got Wyoming, Iowa, we got Wisconsin, Southern Canada. It goes on and on. The, 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 the feed of Real Presence Radio just continues to cruise throughout the United States. Uh, it's a blessing, a blessing to be a part of such a dynamic evangelical tool. Uh, so we're visiting with a couple gentlemen here from the Diocese of Bismarck, the, the, the city itself, uh, Dr. Chris Collins, John Berger. We, uh, there was a kind of a clash of worlds uh, in a good way uh, for these two gentlemen uh, working in various things. Uh, and uh, we're, we want to talk practically about a procession that's going to take place uh, and this blessing of this new image uh, of St. Joseph at the cathedral. But before we do that, I know that's why we're here. 
uh, we want to talk about this practical thing, but I want to stay on the topic, a gentleman of St. Joseph and his role in the life of the Universal Church. Um, it includes fatherhood, uh, but if it's all right, I'm going to start with a personal reflection and then we'll just go from there. Um, and this is maybe a little, uh, what can we say, this is a little bit of an insight into seminary life and uh, priestly formation. Uh, so for almost every young man who's uh, thinking of or preparing to become a priest, uh, he reflects deeply on the heart of Christ. Um, we have to be shepherds after the heart of Christ. Um, and so we meditate and we spend a lot of time focusing on what, is, what are the virtues and the characteristics of the life, the person of Jesus Christ. And most men would, um, would be delighted to consecrate their priesthood uh, to the heart of Christ. Um, and so I was very uh, inclined towards that, as almost every young man is. Um, so that's just kind of a, a first thing. But then, you know, the other men, and probably most men, uh, think about uh, Our Lady as well, um, because of her role as mother of the Divine Son, um, her mothering care for him. Uh, priests want uh, her to be their mother uh, as they are exercising the ministry of her Divine Son in in the life of the church, and so uh, maybe just as many men uh, that decide to consecrate their priesthood to Jesus Christ, there would be those men that say, I, rather I'm going to consecrate my priesthood to the maternal protection of the Blessed Virgin Mary and her Immaculate Heart. And so oh, I was also inclined towards that. Uh, so then I had a, a predicament, what am I going to do? You know, Am I going to go with Our Lord or Our Lady? Huh? It's, it's really not a division, but these are the kinds of things you think about because you want to make a holy card. You want to kind of have an idea of what's going on for your ordination and is it going to be a picture of Our Lord or Our Lady, whatever the thing might be. So I was thinking about that and then um, in my final year of preparation, um, the Lord said that I was going to, uh, well, you just started opening my eyes to St. Joseph. This is back in 2009. Uh, and I was starting to be very attracted to the person of St. Joseph. And thinking about this hidden, quiet, humble figure, um, and uh, was starting to pay a really close attention to him. And then it was, uh, it was during Lent, uh, just before my ordination, uh, that July, I was at a Mass on the Feast of St. Joseph at the Church of San Eusebio, uh, not far from the train station in Rome. And I remember I was standing up towards the front on the left. You can tell this was a very particular moment. I'm remembering all the details. Huh? And I was basically standing underneath this gorgeous statue of St. Joseph. And I was making my post-communion. I was a seminarian deacon, uh, but I was in the congregation making my uh, post-communion thanksgiving uh, of the liturgy. And I uh, just looked up to the statue and... Uh, and the Lord told me that I was going to take St. Joseph as my patron uh, of my priesthood. Mm. And uh, I said, I can't. I got, I got to devote it to our Lord or our lady. You know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, I'm telling you, you're going to go with St. Joseph. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, but, you know, whatever. So then the Lord unfolded this to me. And now we can start get to some thoughts from you guys. <clears throat> uh, he unfolded it to me. He's like, I don't know if he called me by name, Craig, or if he just, or he just spoke directly to me and said, "You, who do you want to be as priest? But you want to be a, um, you want to be a faithful husband uh, to the church, the bride of Christ, and you want to be a faithful father over the over the family, the flock of God. You want to be a father and you want to be a husband as priest, you know, chaste uh, bridegroom, uh, participating with Christ Jesus. And the Lord just showed me as I'm looking at the statue of Saint Joseph uh, that he is the father." of the Holy Family, and he is the chaste spouse of the bride, Mary, who is the type of the church. And so uh, to imitate St. Joseph uh, is to be a priest. 
Uh, and I had never thought of that before. It's like it wasn't something I just came up with or whatever. The Lord was just revealing this to me that uh, to be a husband and to be a father um, as priest. Now that might sound weird to our listeners. Like you're not a husband, you're celibate. Yeah. Well, Jesus is the bridegroom, and he's celibate. So there's there's a <laughs> it's definitely possible to be a bridegroom and to be celibate. Uh, and so this is where this came from for me. And so I took Saint Joseph, um, and so on my holy card anyway, I put. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I took all three. <laughs> well, you know. but, uh, but I consecrated my priesthood to St. Joseph because of this idea of fatherhood and this idea of, of husbanding uh, the, the church. And so, Dr. Collins, you're coming back to what does it mean to be father? What does it mean to be husband? Right. You know, this is where we need to direct ourselves. So, gentlemen, anyway, that's my, that's my wow. way too long yeah. tangent for the day. Uh, but we're talking about St. Joseph. We're talking about fatherhood. Maybe some uh, reflections on that. And then, uh, then we'll talk about practicals here. Well, I think that's really beautiful, Father. Thank <laughs> you, thank you for you sharing say. that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that's a, that's a great point. That that just like all true devotion to Mary points to Jesus, I think any any closeness to Joseph is going to point back to Mary, who then points to Jesus. <laughs> right. right. I mean, this is this is the the order that the Lord has established that how this should work. I know uh, some guys have a great attachment to Mary. Of course they do. Right. They've grown up, and this is they have particular devotions. Others might find it a little difficult. Especially, you know, some devotional practices, they go, I don't know about this. This seems yeah. a little weird or whatever. Right? Joseph is a great figure to sort of to go, okay, I can uh, relate to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> here I am finding myself in a position that I didn't plan. But okay, he- here I am, Lord. What do you want me to do now? Yeah. I do the best with what I'm given. And, and that sort of being thrown into the world and trying our best to live each day as faithfully as we can. Not to, you know, Mary, we see, has this, this plan from the beginning. An angel appears to her. There's, there's all this greatness. Joseph, uh, he has a dream. You know, that, yeah. that's good. But uh, it's certainly not as, as uh, obviously supernatural right. in, in, in how it works. And I think sometimes people have difficulty. They go, my prayer doesn't have these supernatural moments filled with this grace or mm-hmm. something like this. But I think Joseph is a, is a great person to get close to here, a great mm-hmm. saint to to become familiar with. And that's part of the reason this image, I think, was chosen. It has a great message on it. It says, Ite ad, ad Joseph, uh, in a scroll on it. And it says, go to Joseph, right? That this is where we should, uh, when we're having difficulties, go to Joseph. He's going to point the way forward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, this uh, ordinary path to holiness um, versus this e- extraordinary path to holiness, I mean... God forbid we were provided with an extraordinary path because I think an ordinary path is probably plenty for us to be able to handle. But what a, what a, um, I, I think St. Joseph is just a beautiful example of everything that you talked about there, Chris, in terms of accepting this ordinary path to holiness. And I know the consecration to St. Joseph, um, for me, I had done the consecration to Mary, St. Louis de Montfort's consecration to Mary. It greatly when I started, I, you know, I, I tell people I was, I, I guess I would say I was a little confused, but by the end of it, it's just as you said, Dr. Collins, everything points back to Christ. Mm-hmm. And similarly, when we, the closer we become to St. Joseph, the closer we become to Christ. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Gentlemen, I know I took up way too much time here, but we got to get down to brass tacks before we got to let you go. What's going? What's actually going to happen here? What are the dates, the times? Uh, there's an image. There's a procession. There's a mass. Tell us about all of it. Okay. Well, why don't I tell us about Friday, Great. April 30th? We'll get together at 6 p.m. at the Church of Saint Joseph in Mandan, North Dakota. 
At 6 p.m. we'll start with the evening prayer, and then we will have a blessing of St. Joseph, patron of the church. That's the, the title of the picture that will be hung in the cathedral. Uh, the procession will start at 6.30 p.m., and we'll walk from the Church of St. Joseph across uh, Mandan, over the, the Missouri River, and into Bismarck, and process up to the cathedral with it. We should get there maybe around 8.45. We'll see how quick the pace is. Uh, and yeah, how we'll, long are you thinking that's going to take? Well, you know, I've booked about a little over two hours. It's six miles, so... Is that uh, at a... Is that a procession pace, or is that like an uh, exercise pace? Well, I it's not quite an exercise <laughs> pace. It, it, it might be as, as quick as one would want to walk carrying a nice litter you know, that's made to, to hold St. Joseph on. Okay. So uh, I, I think it'll be a good pace. Great. Um, uh, I, it is six miles, so it won't be exactly a, you know, a, a normal stroll for most people, I don't sure. think. Uh, so it will be a good walk. Um, and then we'll close that evening with uh, having having a litany of St. Joseph, and then we're going to have some, some festivities provided by the knights over yes, at the we'll rectory. Some high-quality hot dogs and other things. There you go. <laughs> love that. The kids will love. All and right. Then, then on and Saturday. Then, and then on Saturday, and this is a beautiful thing, the way this worked out. It's Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, but it's also First Saturday. So at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit, we always do our uh, First Saturday devotion to Our Lady, and so, as St. Joseph would do, we'll do our, our after Mass that morning. We'll, we'll, we'll start out, actually, with the rosary, and uh, we'll pray the rosary. And then we'll have Mass, and then we'll have this uh, uh, our devotion to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Then we're going to have a presentation, a short presentation, uh, on St. Joseph from Tom Perna, uh, who's also out here at the University of Mary, as things would go. <laughs> and then we're going to install this image, and then we're going to have a St. Joseph table afterward, a great feast of pastries yeah. and great coffee and we just love everyone that mass is at 8 a.m at the cathedral of the holy spirit on the feast of saint joseph the worker may 1st that is really great gentlemen this is really beautiful how this all came together so friday april 30th 6 p.m saint joseph's church in mandan for those who are going to join you're very welcome but we've got two different locations, so you've got to pay attention. Friday, April 30th, is going to take place at St. Joseph's in Mandan, a beautiful church, historic church, Mandan, in honor of St. Joseph. There's going to be the procession itself, which is fantastic. This is Friday night. And then on Saturday, we'll be at a different location. That's the where the procession will end. Uh, we'll be at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit for the Mass and installation of the image. So if you're listening, you're like, wait a second, I want to be part of it. Friday, April 30th, 6 p.m., St. Joe's in Mandan. Saturday, May 1st. Uh, at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit starting around 7.30, but then there's a Mass at 8. So you want to be part of that. This is going to be really, really wonderful, gentlemen. Thanks so much for being Thank here you. and sharing with us. Thank you, Thank Father. Thank you, Father. That's and so congratulations great. on the hockey team and the role you played. In <laughs> wow, we should have a whole segment on the fact we that we should. are national champions <laughs> at the University of Mary. But we don't have time for that, and we want to be humble. So let's <laughs> take a break, everybody. we got one segment left here. This is Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Live engaging and local this is real presence live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the real presence radio network 